0: for breakfast
1: Tastes
0: of the Midwest So we uh, back again for 2023 for Tastes of the Midwest uh, talking about that local produce uh, from right across the region and uh, today we've got a special guest uh, Matt Rudder uh, How you doing? Yeah, good, Todd. How are you going? Doing well, thank you very much. Now, uh, we're here to talk about uh, a produce that oh, a lot of people probably know about, a lot yeah. of people probably tasted, uh, yeah. and an industry that a lot of people probably worked in as well. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be talking seafood, and you are CEO, a uh, part of Geraldton's Fisherman's Co-op. Yep. So, look, before we get into a bit of you, let's just touch on uh, the Fisherman's Co-op uh, just mm. quickly uh, for the moment. What exactly is it for those out there who may not be aware of of what it is? Sure. So, it's a cooperative uh, which is made up of
1: exclusively Western Rock Lobster Fishers or mm. Crayfish Fishermen, and it was formed in 1950 by a small group out of Geraldton, actually, and that's where the name Geraldton Fisherman's Co-op comes from, uh, Who and, and these fishers wanted to take control of their own destiny and mm. decided to set up and bypass the middleman and set up um, a direct channel from their boat all the way to the customer. And over the last 70 years, We've grown to become the largest uh, rock lobster exporter in the world, actually, and uh, now not only uh, taking catch from Geraldton, but also as far north as Denham, right the way mm. down to Augusta, about 1,200 uh, kilometres of coastline. So, yeah. yeah, it's a really good news story. And as a cooperative, it's very different to a corporate entity in that we exist to really return value back to the fishers who are the producers and the communities that they live in. We're not we're not a company which is trying to make profit off mm. them or off the customers. It's all about um, our fishers
0: and their families. Well, yeah, uh, making a living, essentially yeah. paying those yeah. bills. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, interesting you mentioned, yeah, cut out the middleman, which is what you hear a lot about today, people trying to cut out that. Middleman, you know, trying to retain more control uh, and retain more of those profits so they can, you know, keep that business afloat essentially. So it's amazing that something like that started so long ago and still going strong today. Yeah. And the cooperative model's been around for a couple of hundred years. And, Mm. you know, I
1: often say to people it's the original social enterprise and it's starting Mm. to have a bit of a renaissance now um, in terms of um, people understanding that it is a community focused, um, business. It's not about making money for shareholders. It's about Mm -hmm. making money for the people who really deserve it. Um, or, you know, returning,
0: it doesn't have to be money, just returning value somehow back to the community. So where does your relationship with the, the sea seafood begin? As the co-op, so oh, perhaps um, just going back a little back further. Perhaps, perhaps, oh, perhaps for personally? Matt, 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 was a, well, Matt was a little younger, perhaps a little yeah, shorter. <laughs> well,
1: well, I mean, I used to enjoy crabbing on the river, you know, in yeah. school holidays um, and so forth. But um I mean, my my background is actually in agriculture, so I worked oh. with another great co-op, CBH, for uh, many many years, and and then had the opportunity to step out of grain and into crayfish and uh, that was a very easy decision about yeah. nine years ago yeah. so and started with the co-op as the as the marketing manager there and and doing all the exporting and stepped into this role maybe five years ago wow far yeah. out yeah. well you
0: mentioned um, crabbing as a kid so how'd you guys prepare the crabs how would you how'd you eat them oh we just boil them, roll out the newspaper on the table, get some vinegar and a very fresh bread, and that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And some butter, of course. Oh, and some butter, of course, of course. (laughs) Um, What have you found um, in regards to the relationship of, you know, the rock lobster in the Midwest and not just the, um, uh, you know, the the, the restaurants, the local businesses who obviously Mm. support it, they buy it, they make it, Mm. um, but uh, just the general consumers, the day-to-day person and, and the rock lobster itself. What's that relationship like at the moment? Yeah, I think it's um I think we've got a really positive relationship with the consumer and I think
1: we're we're lucky in the sense that it's uh it's it truly is one of the world's greatest fisheries. Mm. And the resource is not only enjoyed by the fishers, the commercial fishers, but um, there's countless um, recreational fishers out there as well. So as a shared resource, um, it's part of the WA DNA and part of our culture, I think. Um, you mm. know, out of Geraldton here, you've got the boats, the wrecked boats going out every day and catching um, catching craze at a rate that people around the world are really envious of. Um, yeah. So I think there's, a, as a resource and as a com- connection with the community, I think it's um, – Um, I I think it's just such a wonderful story, our fishery, Mm -hmm. because it's um – the way that it's managed um, at a government level, and the way that the industry and the recreationals work together, uh, one of the we were the world's first certified sustainable fishery, and um, and that really underpins that connection with
0: the with the consumer. I think. Yeah. So, uh, in regards to the rock lobster, I'm sure you've had quite a bit <laughs> in your time. <laughs> yes. So, uh, what are, what are some of the, uh, the the very unique and perhaps different ways you've, you've seen it and tasted it being prepared? Because I'm sure uh, there's a lot of different ways oh, that people so cook many, it up.
1: There's so many. I don't know where to start. My current favorite is um, straight out of the we've just commissioned a new steam cooker. Oh. So straight out of the steam cooker, nice and juicy and wow. hot with a drizzle of truffle oil. Oh um, God. <laughs> and that's all you need. That's all you need. So it's just a, a hint of truffle and then the you know the flavor of lobster shines through. But there's so many ways. I mean, Mm. in China, they've you know they deep fry it, they um, they stir fry it. um, We sell them whole into delis through Europe. Um, Sashimi is a great way to have it Mm. as well, and ceviche. um, And it's uh, in Japan. Sashimi is obviously a very big one. We've got lots of customers up there. Um, So there's just so many ways. I don't know where to start. But like I say, the my Preference is very simple, and just mm. let that flavour of the lobster shine through.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's right. Yeah, very, very simple can always be the best way. Yeah, um, don't do too much to, to it. You know, just perhaps a little bit of seasoning, and and that's all, yeah. all you need. Uh, we're chatting to a uh, Matt, by the way, uh, from the, he's the CEO of the Geraldton's Fishermen's Co-op, uh, chatting about uh, a bit that about that, and uh, yeah, how to prepare the the good old rock lobster. There is there anything that um, people perhaps aren't too aware of when it does come to the the Fishermen's Co-op? Itself, um, you know, we, we've spoken a little bit about it, but uh, do people really understand um, why it's here or, or, or what its purpose is? Yeah, probably not. I think, and as a, I think,
1: cooperatives, like I like I said earlier, cooperatives are um, getting a lot more attention these days in mm-hmm. terms of being social, socially, socially um, aware, and social enterprises. Um, but there's still a, a large degree of under un, Um, misunderstanding about what co-ops are. Um, And I think the important thing for us is that really, and a lot of the coastal towns up and down WA were actually formed on the back of this industry. Mm. And a lot of those, um, the fishers in those towns were underpinned by the co-ops. So um, there's so many great co-ops around the world. And I think GFC is one of them uh, in terms of Really supporting the fishers. You look, you look elsewhere in the world today, where there's not a strong cooperative, and a lot of the fishers, uh, the mum and dad and family-run fisher- fishing operations have. Um, have fallen by the wayside for corporates who've bought up the quota and the rights to fish. Whereas over here, um, the mums and dads, third, fourth generation Mm -hmm. fishers are still very much in business and a lot of that is due to the fact that you've got a co-op who's returning all of the value back to them and not trying to take over their Mm livelihoods. And that then returns to, you know, means a much more vibrant um, coastal community and much more vibrant Towns uh, where you've got active mum and dad fishers, um, for want of a better term, uh, in those fisheries contributing to the culture. Um, So, yeah, I think that I'm, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about the cooperative model and. I guess the other thing that I like about it is that I can go overseas and talk to customers anywhere in the world, and say honestly, hand on heart, that when you talk to me, you're talking to our um, hundreds of fishing families back here. So you know you're you're buying direct from the fishermen, which um, or the fishers, which a lot of you know companies genuinely can't say.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and look, as we know, you know times are tough at the moment. You know, there's a lot of people out there that really want to support local, but it's tough, Mm. you know, because Mm. you know it's just tight, and, you know, people have to to look at the priorities. So, Mm. look, um, for people doing it tough out there, I mean, what are ways that they can actually support the industry, you know, because times are tough. Um, People are very passionate about the Midwest, supporting the Midwest. Are there any kind of ways that they can help support it uh, in in different and various ways? Um, Well, I think awareness is a big thing. Mm. So really being aware of...
1: And understanding, like you say, a lot of um, a lot of people are doing it tough, mm. and um, a lot of primary producers, including the fishers, lately have um, had tough times. And it's at times like that where we need to work together and look for opportunities to work together. But for me, I think it's about understanding the industry and understanding. Um, for, to share the stories and to share the passion for the industry um, and also to look for ways to enjoy the product, whether that's buying it, if they can afford it or, you know, um, if they if they can catch it themselves, and like I said, it's highly sustainable. So um, it, we love the fact that um, everybody in WA has can go out and get eight crays fairly mm. consistently every day if they want to. Um, yeah. So I think that's the wonderful thing about it is that it's not, you know, it is considered the pinnacle of um, seafood worldwide, Um, And we don't have a lot of them, even though we're Australia's largest fishery, there's not a lot. So there's a lot of competition globally, but Mm. we do what we can to make sure that we can supply the locals. And if if we can't supply the locals or if it's outside of the price point, there is that really strong wreck fishery, which Mm. is... um, you know, there's millions of crayfish coming out of the water just from that. Yeah. Um, you know, into the local
0: market alone. All so, right. yeah. I only just thought of this. Um, I wish I thought of it earlier, so I could have done some research. But mm. what is the the history of the rock lobster? Was it always received well? Because I know I'm thinking about the history no. of the. Um, uh, the the lobster in the U.S. like yep. originally it was fed to prisoners yes. because they would overboil yep. it and it would be all rubbery, yep. and now yep. it's become this amazing delicacy. Was it a yeah. similar journey? Yeah, very over similar, here? actually. Yeah, yeah, there were canneries. You know the history of the fishery, and I'm not an expert.
1: There's mm. much more qualified people than me to talk about it, but I know there was canneries over at the Abrolhos Islands back in the '50s. Um, so it was canned and sent wow. sent around the world as a canned product. Um, and it certainly wasn't appreciated as yeah. much as it is now. But again, this is the this is where the co op came into its own in mm. terms of promoting it and um, promoting it as a rare and and you know wonderful product that it is. So yeah, yeah it's ah. had a very interesting history. Yeah.
0: I would recommend. Yeah, people definitely read about it because you'll be like, that's. Blasphemy, Canning it? Yeah. My God. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, Matt, we do really appreciate your time. Before I let you go, I'm just going to throw a few dishes at you and say, all right, how how best to prepare it, what to throw in it. So uh, if we're going to say, all right, a pasta. Yep. What's going to go in there? uh, What
1: I would do with the pasta is uh, obviously get the tail meat. So Mm -hmm. get the tail meat, lightly fry it, um, but to take the the shells and – and prepare a bit of a sauce. So fry the fry the shells, prepare the sauce, get the flavour mm-hmm. out of the shells, and add a little bit of tomato into that, and use that as the as the base. But again, no strong no strong flavours. You want that flavour of the lobster to come out.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. seeing a lot more on pizza. Any ideas on how best to prepare that one? Um, I think the biggest advice there is don't overcook it right um,
1: yeah so you want it to be just translucent and when you take it off the heat and it'll continue hook- cooking and um, it'll be tender juicy beautiful yeah. by the time you eat it yeah. lovely uh,
0: you mentioned the, the truffle but besides that what is the best combination best combination is um, I'd say a little bit of a light um, acid
1: of some sort mm-hmm. um, but very very light so you know lemon or lime. Um, and if you did want something a bit stronger, you know, just the classic butter, butter and garlic, um, uh, combination. But again, you want to make sure you don't overcook it and mm. you don't want to overpower that flavor.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt really appreciate I mean, folks, we didn't prepare this. I just throw out this thought of, oh, let's throw this out and see what <laughs> Matt comes up with. He knows his stuff. I mean, he is the CEO, Geraldton's Fisherman Co-op. Uh, Matt, we really do appreciate your time and, and all the work and everyone else behind the scenes is putting into, yeah, what is a, a massive worldwide industry. Um, you know, it's a big part of, of what keeps gerald in the midwest going of course uh keeping families in work keeping people in yeah. work uh, it's so important to uh, the entire community so yeah we yeah. thank you uh i thank you on behalf of everyone and uh, you and everyone else behind the scenes keeping it all running is there anything else that people should know about whether it be the rock lobster uh the fishermen's co-op or anything in general even about yourself no, certainly nothing about myself, but I think you know i'm I'm very
1: passionate about mm. food in the Midwest, and I think it's great. really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to to me and to other producers, and I think it's a really exciting time for for food in the Midwest. so I um, very excited to see what we can do over the next few years to promote that and to really um, cement our place as a unique food offering centre for WA.